quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. So there I was, which is how all great aviation tales begin. This is episode number 60 with Moose, entitled, what is it, repeat? White Horse Scotch and Vinegar. Yum. (laughs) (laughs) Desperate Marines drinking anything. (laughs) That was a good story, along with about a hundred others. Wow. What a great interview. These were, he, he has all the amazing tales, all the great aviation tales. Yes, a great interview indeed from a great aviator, a great Marine, great American. Oh, yeah. Once, once again, I felt like we were listening to an aviation legend. Started his yeah. career in 1955 as a NAVCAD and then uh, what, retired in 75. I think it was 75 after got, Vietnam. Yeah. He, he got promoted after two passes as a major. He got promoted yeah. on the evacuation ship after the evacuation of Saigon. We initially got a hold of Moose because of one of our pilot. Earl McCoy, whose dad is featured on our website in newspaper articles after ejecting from an A-4 off of Hawaii. Moose is one of his dad's squadron mates, although I don't know how much time they spent together because Moose flipped back and forth between helos I've and never jets. Heard, like nobody's never heard business. of this before. Nobody yeah. I've ever seen. He had over a 1,000 hours in the F-8 Crusader. Matter of fact, yeah. uh, while he was flying the F-8 Crusader, the uh, Oriskany, he got awarded yeah. the DFC. And, and he only had 28 air medals total after all his combat time. Yeah. <laughs> he, he couldn't break that number 30. You know, some some people are just slackers. But <laughs> but he, he he did get the bronze star with the V for Valor on his distinguished flying cross. So I, I guess we give him a pass just unheard on of. not making 30. And, and also medals. there's uh, the trend continues, <laughs> repeat, with the killing of livestock. Not one. The senseless murder of livestock. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's coming up, but it's obviously a trend. Yeah. So a, a squadron mate shot a water buffalo when he was nose to nose with him in his hooch. Another good story. Actually, that ties in with the white horse scotch. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Does. <laughs> it does. And then uh, he goes, well, how do you tell your grandkids that you killed elephants, pink elephants in Vietnam? But, you know, they were transporting weaponry for enemy combatants. So it was it was a motorized <laughs> artillery piece that just happened to have flames as the motors. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. Don't think about pink elephants. Don't think about pink elephants. Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> we got to also mention real quickly before we get over to Moose. Thank you very much to Jordan Harbinger for doing a show swap with us. We've been listening to his shows. This latest one was with a corporate espionage Agent, amazing guy to listen to. Uh, the, the information that he gets out of people over the phone. Uh, he's he's left that career now and, and written a book, but the Jordan Harbinger show is amazing. He finds these people, and it's well worth listening to. We'll talk more about that during the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast listening to his episodes as well. I think in the meantime, we probably ought to get out of the way. Here, how it is that pond. someone would have white horse scotch. At night. I know it's in just the world's smallest cockpit. It is horrible. So I don't tanker, know. Any advice from the folks? Well, they strap in oh, and listen to this one. Don't sit on the ejection seat. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Don't do that. it. Here's moving. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Well, there 
I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun. So there I was, standing in the middle of this cotton patch, looking up at a damn airplane and wondering what it was. That's that's how all great aviation stories begin. Welcome to So There I Was. This is Fig, and we have another great guest. Where are you, my co-horse repeat? Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good evening. Good morning, wherever it is you happen to be while you're listening to this. Uh, I'm coming to you from New Hampshire today, and uh, we have uh, with us, uh, as Fig said, a- another very special guest with us. I want to take us back to uh, somewhere between episode 40 and 41. I received a note from a listener, Earl McCoy, and he sent me some clippings uh, about his dad, uh, Ken McCoy, uh, who uh, jumped out of an A4 off the coast of Hawaii. Uh, and he told me his dad was a NAVCAD back in the fifties, uh, uh, flew in the fifties and sixties in the Marines and, uh, eight fours, helicopters, that sort of thing. And sadly, uh, Ken had passed away, uh, but a dear friend of his and a contemporary, uh, by the name of Moose, Moose! retired Colonel United States <laughs> Marine Corps flew both jets and helos, more than 300 combat missions in Vietnam. So, uh, that was Moose's voice. You heard looking up from a, from a, uh, cotton patch at an airplane and, uh, welcome Marine. Glad oh. to have you with us. I'm glad to be here. Well, uh, what kind of aircraft was that, that you had spied in the sky? Do you have any idea? I think it was a damn crop duster. Okay. Uh, yeah, by wing crop duster. And I, you know, we were back in the deep south and uh, didn't have a lot of airplanes around there. And uh, I don't even think they had airliners back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> right on. <laughs> so, so can, I was, it, is it, would it be safe to say that's, uh, that's where you got the aviation bug? Uh, yeah, the crop dusters used to, uh, really in thrill me. I used to watch them and, uh, then I was, Second year of college, uh, promised my mother I'd go two years, and the Navy guy come through and offered an airplane ride to Memphis. If anybody wants to go take the test, and I figured, yeah, what's wrong? I'd, airplane ride, and I'll never get another chance. So I took it and passed all the tests, and then they offered me uh, to come into the NAFCAD program. So I jumped on it. Excellent. <laughs> so, nice. Very cool. So, uh, so where was that? You said the deep south. What, what part? Where are you from? Arkansas, and you know, going uh, just a little town in Blytheville, about sixty miles north of Memphis. Oh, sure. If, sure. if you go to St. Louis, you got to go through it. So, used to have a big sack base there. So, that was exciting. So, there's there's a big long runway there. In fact, I landed yeah. my oh. first Grumman uh, aircraft uh, uh, at Blytheville. Oh yeah, yeah. For a few years. So, back, so awesome. How about that? But, okay. So, uh, what, what was that reception like? We heard from, uh, Slaff Sr., uh, that he enjoyed, uh, arriving at, uh, about 1 a.m. and getting up for calisthenics at 4 a.m. Uh, did, did you enjoy your reception that those Vince Marine staff and COs <laughs> provided for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, getting in Pensacola, they, uh, I was, I was still Navy, you know, so all we had was a gunnery sergeant that took care of the, PT and all the good stuff, and uh, we didn't uh, make our option to go into the Marine Corps until we got through uh, carrier qual. Then we had an option to stay Navy or go okay. uh, Marine. Okay. And after looking at the boat one time, I said, "To hell with this! Give me the Marine Corps." <laughs> <laughs> so, how'd that How'd that work out for you? Well, the boat? <laughs> just curious. I uh, <laughs> asking well, for a friend, sir. <laughs> it went. I went out. Uh, 
I took uh, 10 shots at it and lined up with a right-hand catwalk every damn time. So they sent me back for, you know, stupid study, uh, more uh, field work. and But I had a nickname of uh, Catwalk Loose until I got out of flight school. So that's that's everything I lined up on. But I did come back to make it. So Nice. <laughs> I, I decided to stay with them. So anyway. Sure. And, and what kind of airplane was that in? That uh, oh, the old SNJ. SNJ, okay. Yeah, they they've changed the names of all the damn things I flew. You know, I think it's what now is T six, right? Yeah, change them around. I don't. I don't they don't now. I'm confused on what I used to fly. <laughs> they changed. You know, I used to fly HUS, and I called it a thirty four. So I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the same airplane. Right, right. But, In fact, I was looking earlier at uh, some of the airplanes you had flown, and and one of them was the uh, the eight the UH thirty four, not the HOK. No, I'm, and now no. I'm confused. I'm trying to look through my notes, but I, I thought no. it was the UH thirty four. No, that's it. It's the H nineteen Chickasaw, and it's I noted, looked at photos. It looks a lot like the H thirty four. It is. <laughs> so, oh, okay. And the SNJ is a T6 Texan, basically, well, probably right. with some beefier landing gear. Well, I thought I was going to resign my commission. They made me get, uh, thought I was going to get in an HOK squadron. And I said, I got two flights in that thing and sitting up looking at those beaters up there going intermission over my head. I said, this ain't supposed to fly. Right. So, right. I've, I avoided that. Got into the old H nineteen or whatever they want to call it. So. Okay, yeah, that was awesome. So uh, this is nineteen fifty four, nineteen fifty five, fifty five, fifty six. I actually got out of school and uh, graduated out of uh, flight school in fifty six. But uh, the Marine Corps looking for helicopter pilots, and they offered us uh, flight training or helicopter training at the same time, getting out of uh, jet training. And me and my buddy was dating some nurses, and that was going to give us more time in Pensacola. <laughs> so we decided to take that offer. And they told us that, oh, this to give you more uh, choice of duty station. You know, you got jets, helicopters. And I, I, I believed that and swallowed it. And I spent 22 <laughs> years trying to get out of helicopters back in jets. And I only did it a couple of times, but <laughs> it oh. was crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so you actually got your wings uh, in uh, as a jet pilot. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was a hot jet pilot. You know, you scarf. You bet. Big belt buckle. Sure. No money. And uh, <laughs> and so they said, well, helicopters. And had been for the nurses, I probably wouldn't have stayed for that. I, but anyhow, what, they uh, were having a good what, uh What was the advanced jet trainer? Was it the F9, F9F? Yeah. Yeah, F9, the straight wing. Uh-huh. Okay. So, okay. uh, it was, it was a nice airplane, but, uh, so it was funny. It was funny. But, uh, anyhow, we got out of, uh, flight school. I, I, uh, I didn't go through without it. You know, you used to get a lot of demerits okay. if you didn't have the stuff done right. And I think that a quarter of 50 to get through uh pre-flight. I hit that before I ever got to the carrier. So, had a couple of conversations with uh, some admiral, and he said, "Well, you, your flying's real good, but you got to straighten up your social fly." And so he gave me—I <laughs> think gave me twenty-five more to get out of flight school. And he said, "You won't see me again. You'll be aboard some ship with a pair of black shoes on. You ain't gonna be an aviator." Oh. <laughs> so I—so oh. I, I took that to heart. 
That was uh, that's called uh, yeah motivation. Yeah, that was a mo- that was a motivation <laughs> right there, yeah. buddy. So wow. So then they got me. I yeah. thought I was going to be a hot jet pilot. Got me out of school, you know, aviator, and uh, they sent me to the East Coast in the chopper. So uh, okay, I ended up there uh, flying a HRS and uh, stayed there about a year and a half. Went on two med cruises, and I had uh, nothing really. Ex- we got in uh, some trouble. Uh, we flying down one day along the beach. We saw an alligator, and we thought that would make a good mascot for the base commander. So I landed, and three of the crew people got out and <laughs> lassoed, wrestled that sucker down, and got him in the chopper, headed back to the base, called, said, uh, asked if the base commander might be available. We had a present for him. But somebody had seen us. And when we landed, the base commander there, but the Department of Fish and Game Commission was there because the alligators alligators were protected. <laughs> so I just, you know, made it with a co-pilot for a couple of weeks. Nothing else real serious got, got, got done with that. <laughs> but so, so could you back up a second? I, I, I was I was looking up what an HRS helicopter looks like. It looks like a UH thirty four. Looks like an H thirty four a lot, but can, can you get back to the where? Where were you exactly when you saw this alligator? We're, and you guys thought this? Uh, was- oh, we're flying in uh, uh, out of New River in Lejeune. We're just flying up down the beach, going to Newburn. But Newburn comes into this story again because I had a the city council of Newburn on a tour of Lejeune, flying in a chopper, and uh, we was out over the water, and uh, and I had a complete engine failure. And the only thing around that I could see that was dry was a little pistol range. And I set that sucker down on that pistol range, and uh, they didn't even realize what was going on. Didn't hurt anybody. Didn't scratch the helicopter. They got out and thought it was part of the damn tour. And I, How about that? I said, no, no. <laughs> so they came back in a couple of days, changed the engine, uh, took, went back over and flew it home, finished my mission. But we were just coastline flying, flat hatting, and Thought the alligator would make it a good gift for base commander, but he didn't appreciate it here. <laughs> no. Oh, Fig, I'm goodness. starting to see a theme here. Wildlife on helicopters uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Th- doesn't seem to end well, no matter who's doing it. I'm no. just saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. So, so uh, Cher- uh, New River was your first yeah, station after, after, after Wings? For, okay. Uh, about uh, until 50, uh, they got there in 56, left there in 58 to got uh, volunteered to go to Japan as a chopper okay. driver and uh, spent a tour over there. And uh, the biggest thing there, that. Uh, what was Japan? Uh, sorry to no. interrupt. What was Japan like in 1950? Oh, it, we were, uh, we were almost like the Buddhas over there. We could do no wrong, you know, and uh, we fit right in. We just, put a kimono on some wooden shoes. We'd get in a crowd and go down to the Buddha and worship with them and drink sake, <laughs> hot sake. And, and so uh, we were well received. I mean, uh, it was, it, it was a fun place. And uh, nice. Then they, during that tour, they uh, decided to, they split six, six helicopters off and sent us, us and the crew and everybody to the Philippines because they needed help with the hooks. Uh, gorillas that they were trying to trying to control so half of that tour over there was uh really you know out living out of a tent in the philippines uh just trying to help corral the hooks and uh 
that's where I sit that one little cliff. I remember the, the buffalo problem we had. And that, was, was that in the Philippines? Yeah, that was up the Philippines. So, that the buffalo and the white horse went together. So, so, so I want to <laughs> I, I want to hear that story from you. <laughs> okay. uh, I read little bullets of your notes. I, I well, so set set the stage here for uh, me. You guys were down. We're, there. We're, uh, you're living in yeah, tents or something. We're right? bivouac living in tents. Just uh, you know, no <laughs> no amenities of anything. Just whatever was issued. And uh, so we sat around at night. Uh, sit around we'd have a campfire and uh not do much uh and some guy was uh talking about well i i do have a bottle of something that i slipped 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 it with us i said what is it he said white horse scotch i said well i hate scotch that guy said yeah i don't like scotch either it tastes like peat moss or something and i said well the mess tent's down there and there ain't nobody there we'll slip down there and, and see what's in there that might mix right so we went down there and we tore that tent up looking for something all we found was a damn vinegar. So the guy said, well, we can try it. So, okay, we took it back. Everybody got their canteen. Don't leave the canteen out. And we started mixing drinks with that stuff. And let me tell you, the first sip of that was a shock. I have never, I couldn't explain what it tastes like. You'd, you'd have to try it. And uh, we sat there. I'm going to take your word for it, no, Moose. We sat there and grimaced and ended up drinking a whole damn bottle. And, uh, oh my God. And the one guy that had the bottle got, <laughs> got real sleepy. So he's in his tent. Then uh, we took him over and laid him down in his cot, laid him down, covered him up. And we went back out and just talking, nothing to do. You know, people look for something, uh, activity. We looked across the villagers that sit across the road. They're, they're selling wood carvings and all the, you know, paraphernalia that they, they bring out of the mountains and uh, saw this damn water buffalo tied up over there. So we said, well, let's give that buffalo to him. So we went over there. Nobody's around. Untied it. Walked him back over. Walked him in the tent and put him nose to nose. I mean, he was right nose to nose with that guy sleeping. And when he woke up, he had his thirty-eight strapped to his chest. He whipped it out and put two, two right between his eyes and dropped him. Oh, my God. Dropped him right. Oh, my dropped, God. Dropped him in the tent. Now. <laughs> So we got 1,200 pounds of buffalo in that tent and don't know what the hell we're going to do with it. And, uh, <laughs> of course, by this time, people were waking up. Uh, Nate and the villagers had come across looking for their buffalo. And so I tell you, our, uh-huh. our human relations crowd and the local villagers, who we were very hostile. Uh, I can only imagine. So the, the end result was I think the uh, we had to come up with a $300 pot, and uh, that settled the claim. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, so what you're saying is white horse scotch is expensive. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, but it was it was hilarious at the time. Uh, but oh, you know, a lot the, the colonel didn't think it was funny. That may have been one of the reasons I may have got a Passover early in my career. <laughs> I, I never found that fitness report to see what was on it. <laughs> so, How about that? So then I oh, kind of left there. And uh, finished that tour and came back to the States. When I got back to the States, I had a, uh, they were going to put me back in choppers, of course. But then I had an opening for somebody to go to radar air traffic control, RATSI school in uh, Olathe, Kansas. And I said, hell my hand up. I'll go. Because I knew I'd go through that school. I'd get back and become a uh, wing, wing staff pilot. Then I had access to jets, helicopters, anything they had on the flight line. 
And they also, sure. they also had to transition school for the jet pilots to transition to the swept wing, you know, the F-8 swept wing. So I did that, came back. And uh, so I was, I was great. I was running the GCA uh, unit on the runway and doing air traffic control and flying. I could fly the most of the time I flew the T-33 because it, nobody wanted to fly it. But I, you know, I love flying it and uh, <laughs> Beechcraft flew that and, and they had. Uh, what, now, where, where were this you? This is El Toro. Uh, oh, in El Toro. Yeah, when I got back. Uh, and then off. Yeah, so you left, yeah. the, left the school, went to El Toro, worked for the, worked for the wing? Yeah. The, the yeah, group. went to the air, air wing as a, as a staff officer. And then at the same time, they were bringing the uh, 34s in. And, uh, of course, I hadn't transitioned to the 34, but uh, the wing commander said, you need to get qualified, get recertified. You did in the F-9, but I want you to get recertified in that A-34. I said, well, if I have to, he said, yeah, you have to. I'm telling you to. <laughs> so, so I went through their training, got recertified in there. Not knowing why that they were putting together the squadron to go on that uh, nuclear test with that Operation Dominic down in Johnson Island, and they were trying to put together qualified helicopter pilots to do that. And so all of a sudden, uh, I didn't know somebody stuck my name in the pot, not with my agreement, because I didn't want to go back to helicopters. I said I was going to I'd be a wing pilot for years. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> so. So then they, they put that that uh, outfit together, and the colonel that, that was in charge of it came over one day to fly. He needed his flight time, and they I had a, a two hour uh, test top on a to go out and just uh, motorize and uh, put some uh, hours on an engine. So they wanted him to go with me, okay. and uh, I said, "Okay, that's fine." I said, "You know," so he was kind of a cocky uh, lieutenant colonel, and of course I'm a captain. Uh, wise ass, and uh, so he said they got in. I told him, Well, this is just a two hour test flight, we ain't gonna do much. I said, You just kind of sit over there, put your hands uh, in your lap, and we, you'll be fine. That just you talking about pissing him off. So, never said anything right. about it then. But uh, that uh, two days later at happy hour, we was in a bar drinking, he was there, and he said, how you doing, Moose? I said, oh, I'm fine. He said, uh, you, did you find out, uh, you know, you're going with me on the cruise to the nuclear test? I said, bullshit. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. So your name's on my list. And you know what? You're going to be my permanent co-pilot for the whole fucking cruise. Oh, shit. Uh, you could just sit there with your hands in yeah, your lap. Yeah, Is that yeah, basically what yeah, he yeah. saying? Yes, and, I, and knowing him, I figured, by God, he would do it. But oh, he didn't, but it scared me anyway. So that's how <laughs> I got back out of flying my T-33 back into flying choppers because they needed me to go on that nuclear trip. <laughs> so so is, was Johnson Island, was that somewhere in the south? Yeah, yes, yeah, down around Christmas Island, Johnson Island. They're okay. down really isolated. Okay. And we were just evacuating the people off the island in case one of those things went off, you know, when they fired it. Okay. And then we'd recover the pods that were they were shooting through the explosions, you know, just to see what kind of reaction was going on. So, hey, I I, I got to back up and ask you a, a question about uh, your first tour in Japan. Where were you guys stationed? It, in it was called Opama. It was nothing more than a, just a, a little helicopter field. Nothing there. And, and 
nothing geographically where where is it located is it uh, on the big island uh we were 30 minutes from yokohama so fairly north yeah then. yeah fairly north uh yeah we were okay. we were uh, a good way we we're our sort of uh, chopper on uh from iwakuni so we were kind of in the northern okay. part okay and they uh thank you of course fuji was interesting because we if you were a, a hrs pilot you you want to fly over fuji because fuji was 12 5 and the chopper on that chopper the ceiling one it was 10 5 so if you went over <laughs> fuji you really made you know everybody thought that was great but the problem was <laughs> the servos on that chopper had little uh the servo had a little rubber boot on it that where the piston worked and if it got a little okay. moisture in there and you got up to right out and then all you had to do, oh, shit. your only choice was just to kind of float down, ride down until that some bitch unthawed. <laughs> so <laughs> we always get a new pilot and say, okay, let's go fly over Fuji, you know, not telling him anything. And that would happen to him. It would scare, the, scare you very bad. <laughs> it was interesting. Just good. That's some good old fashioned rotor wing fun right oh, there. Oh, repeat. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> chopper, chopper. Trolls would freeze up. <laughs> What? Oh, just wait. Just go lower. They'll yeah, fall yeah, out. Yeah. You get down. You get down five or six thousand feet. You might be able to fly it again because it'll be thawed out. Oh, so, my gosh. It was interesting. It was All right. Interesting. All right. So I'm, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to take you back. So you, uh, uh, I I needed to get that in straight in my head before we could go forward. So you you're out flying H-34s in the South Pacific, hauling people off an island yeah. in case uh, yeah. a nuclear yeah, nuclear uh, blast goes wrong. Yeah, and they okay. just uh, declassified that mission in December of last year, and uh, really, oh, and actually, no uh, okay. in December, some congressman they went through and they actually created a, a letter of appreciation and a medal for the people that were involved with that because there was quite a bit of danger if something that had happened on the on that path. You know, we could have all been yeah heavily radiated, but uh, it was awesome. <laughs> Really was declassified last year. Wow. Yeah, and Je- I think December, and that's when they came out with. Uh, we got a notice from the Department of Defense that hey, we just created this letter and uh, a medal for the people that were really involved in that operation. But, but anyhow, well, I nice. made it through that. We got back to uh, El Toro, and I said, "Well, now my, my my orders are coming through." And I said, "Well, I'm here, jets again, maybe, huh?" huh? No, they sent me to uh, Hawaii as a chopper driver. And that's where uh, my buddy Ken got the same orders. And that's when uh, we did, we okay. were going to uh, Hawaii to fly with the Pineapple Squadron over there to fly helicopters. So that's Ken yeah. McCoy. Okay, that's where you guys hooked up. Yeah, well, we'd been hooked before through flight school, but this is the first time okay. we've really been, been together. So. Uh, where were you? Was that out of that one? Was that County Oway? Yeah, Bay? County Oway. And okay. uh, so there was there was several, a couple of stories related to that. I don't even know if it, the one that everybody kind of liked was talking about uh, the cat delivering the cat. Yes. And uh, Ken had would uh, had a cat that he he's loved, and he was going to Hawaii. He wanted to take it home to Walnut, Mississippi, and leave it with his folks. Well, Walnut's real close to Memphis, the air station there. And uh, 
of course, I went through training in Memphis in the air station. I don't know why I didn't get a court martial for flat hatting there. But uh, he uh, he said there may be a story he, there. But <laughs> yeah, well, he, he said, "Why don't uh, you fly my cat to Memphis, and I'll pick him up. Then you just come back home." And he said, you, well, "I'll get that T thirty three. I said, "No problem." You know, we got good guys on the flight line help us all the time. I said, "We'll uh, we'll set it up. You get the cat ready to go. Get a cage." I'll tell the guys what we're doing, and well, you bring him out a certain time. Nobody will know what we're doing. I'll have that T thirty three loaded, and we'll just strap him in the back seat and go to Memphis. Well, they 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 brought him out. They did. Cat cat seemed fine. They give him a tranquilizer pill, and uh, he was okay. And they, they strapped him in the back seat. But when I started that engine up, that cat lost it. I mean, you could have heard he, him. He didn't like that. No, he was squalling and then crapping. I mean, you could smell it in the front. I could, I could still <laughs> oh, smell no. it with the oxygen mask on. And I just said, get off, guys. Close that down the canopy and uh, headed to Memphis. And took him, <laughs> took him there. <laughs> Ken, Ken, Ken McCoy met me there. Uh, I pulled in, tacked it up, and uh, told the guys, I said, uh, okay, I just need to get a refueling truck. I just, I'm going to gas up and I'm gone. I'm not going to get out of this damn thing. <laughs> so he came down and... <laughs> Got the cat, got the cage and everything. <laughs> they fueled me up, and I headed back to uh, California. And, uh, of course, when I got back there, I had a lot of gifts to give for the guys that had to clean the back. See that damn jet up. I mean, it was just oh it was hard, horrible. I think you just pour some jet fuel in that back seat and, and try and kill it. Oh, my God. should have just burned it. <laughs> so, but anyhow, cat made it. He, I, he's okay. <laughs> That's amazing. But I, I did. Awesome. Uh, I did. I was in a hurry to get back to California. And I did have a, a real serious problem with the T-33 trying to get around thunderstorm. That time of the year, Texas thunderstorms were up in the 50, you know, 50, 60,000. Oh, yeah. And that T-33, okay. uh, like 40 was the uh, ceiling on it. And they had vectored me up uh, with radar. I think I was eased up by about 40, 48 thousand i think when one of those things grabbed me i mean just storm wind rain picked grabbed that t-33 and i was going up down inverted both engines or the engine flamed out and i think i rode for 25 or 30 minutes not knowing which way was up down or whatnot and came out of that thing about 15 grand heavy rain and uh, that thing at the time, I had to get 220 knots, nose down. I think had two magnesium cartridges like shotgun shells. You had one shot to fire them. And I fired them and the damn thing started. And I, I finally oh, recovered and started flying it myself at about five grams. So, holy so, so shit. Why you don't yeah. want to fly into a thunderstorm, no. huh? <laughs> that's oh, the last, that's the last one I ever flew in. I never tried another one. Right. I didn't want to turn around to Memphis and go back with yeah. that cat crap all in the back to see that damn jet. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. No kidding. So I got back Jeez. there. I uh, got back to uh, California, and that's uh, that's when my orders came in and uh, headed for Hawaii. Got uh, got orders over there and checked in. The uh, group commander then I, I knew pretty well, and he uh, they had a job as a uh, – Top secret control officer at the group level, and I said, "I'll take it." <laughs> I said, "I'm okay. going to be a groupie, and that way I could fly 
whichever whichever squadron I wanted to. And I had a 2A4 squadron. The air station had a T-33 and uh, nobody flew. And so I just started flying uh, there. I didn't fly in shopping. And I, I was in hog heaven and reading the top secret control material. I just kept seeing this stuff come through saying, 212, they're going to convert to an F-8 squadron. So every time that list would come in, I'd write my name on the bottom of it and send it in to the colonel. You know, he come out. He said, "Quit putting your name on this list. You're not, you know, quit. Stop doing that." I said, "Yes, sir." You know, <laughs> next list comes through, and I put my name on it. <laughs> he finally, he finally come in and said, "Okay, screw it. I'm, I'm going to put you on it." So that's when I got out of that helicopter building again and back in Jess. <laughs> so unbelievable. This go. is this is kind of unprecedented, per- really, Pete. Persistence pays off. And and what was uh it was VMF two twelve and what uh, what were they flying before the F eight? A four. They were uh Oh, so it was VMA. Yeah, we had VMA two twelve and uh VMA two fourteen. Of course I flew all my uh time I could with two fourteen because they were the black shoe. And that you know, that T V show was right. on, the black sheet water. Oh uh-huh. man, I that uh-huh. I said that's for me. But then I got thinking, no, that F H is for me. <laughs> I said, I'll I'll go that route. So that's how I ended up again getting out of a helicopter back in my jet. <laughs> so, so uh, of all the airplanes you flew from the helicopters, the uh, the F eight, the A four, uh, what, what's your oh, favorite? F eight for okay. okay for combat anyway. So uh, then okay. our uh, our squadron two uh, two twelve. The Navy was rotating F, uh, F8, or F4 squadrons or F8 squadrons off and replaced with F4. So when the, uh, Rishini came through in, uh, in 65, they picked 212 to make that deployment with them as they were going to replace, uh, you know, put another F4 squadron on there. So that's how we ended up with, uh, back in, uh, Vietnam flying the F8. So that's, uh, one thing that happened there is my my wingman. I lost him on. We were on a bombing run, and uh, I lost him on uh, on that. He ended up POW. Ended up with uh, James Stockdale. He got shot out on yeah. the same uh, cruise as him, and they both ended up as POWs together okay. in Illinois. And okay. then uh, wow, and, and that was uh, Chapman, was it Harley was Chapman? Right? Chapman, yeah, Harley, Harley Chapman. Chapman. And then, uh, of course, then I came out after they got him. But uh, when we were bombing, the Navy had uh, a set of 15 bomb wing assemblies that would fit on the F-8. And with it on there, the F-8 could carry a 2,000-pounder under each wing. The A-4 could only carry one center line. Right. So our okay. CEO of the squadron said, I'll take them. Navy said, we don't want them. We're fighter pilots. Now, give them to the Marines. So he took them all. But when we got over and they found out that we were also doing cap missions and air-to-air and all that, we were also doing bombing missions. And he said, well, I'd like half of those back. And he said, yeah, good luck. And he wouldn't give him one of them. So we got the, our our tour was doing both bombing and and doing cap and air-to-air and everything else. And uh, so, but this weird, weird We'd put the two thousand pounders under there. What we'd have to do, we'd we'd get shot off the cat. The first thing you have to do is go tank, because they had drained so damn much fuel out of it to get it off. Then we had to refuel to get to the beach. <laughs> so, so yeah. it, it, it was fun. It was interesting, but it's fun. 
But uh, they told me that uh, Harley, we were, you know, we'd go in at 100 feet, you know, pop up to 6,000, find a bridge or whatever and try to go back down. And every time we'd pop up, uh, there'd be about four SAM missiles would pop up with us. You know, and then we'd go back down <laughs> to the deck. And then uh, yeah. C2's out at sea. Uh, Sam, Sam, you know, we'd look, here's come four more. And I think they finally just run out. But uh, Harley's story, I never got all of it, but it seemed like he was hit just as he peaked at the top, getting ready to roll in, and they hit the canopy and they and ejected him as he was looking at his bump sight. Next thing he knows, he's coming down to shoot. Oh, wow. So I... He didn't call, didn't call off. So I turned around, went back and looked, and uh, saw his chute coming down. And uh, he seemed to be okay. Watched him land. Then I turned around. I said, I got to get the hell out of here. So going down the valley and air to air, tracers coming everywhere. It looked like Halloween. And so he hit me. I ended up uh, losing some fuel, some controls and whatnot. But uh, we had a A6 tanker. I found him and uh, plugged into him. He drugged me all the way back to a carrier. One my carrier. It was the other one that was on on station, but they cleared their okay. deck, got me on there, and uh, made it fine. And then, uh, but uh, then I had to uh, get high landed to the supply ship back to the carrier, back to there. And then they got the airplane fixed. They made me go back and pick it up. And uh, <laughs> that dumb bitch was painted with every Navy logo you could get. And oh, then. <laughs> the, uh, the warrant was to get me back. They had seven gallons of ice cream that they had to come up with to give our carrier to get get me back. <laughs> I said seven gallons, seven gallons of ice cream. Oh. So, <laughs> but everything ended up good. So, so did you actually ride uh, to transfer from ships? Then you rode across oh, on the lines. Oh, on the I had to do lines. it twice. Let me tell you, that's almost as bad as a cat shot. <laughs> ship going up and down, the wind blowing, the water splashing. <laughs> so what is it? Just like a zip line? Yeah. They just uh, put you on a harness a, and yeah, pull you over and send you. Yeah, it's like a zip line. Just going, Shit. going from this ship to that ship, and you know all that, everything going on, and wind, water blowing, and so I did I had to do it to get off the uh, carrier to the supply <laughs> ship, and I had to get off the supply ship to the carrier. So I had to do it twice. So. Oh my gosh. But anyway. If wasn't if com if flying combat wasn't enough, then you gotta do yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, no. That was exciting. So that was the that was in nineteen sixty five, right? Yeah, I made that I came back to uh uh after that tour, after we got off that cruise, uh set orders again. I said, Oh, yes, 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 please. So thank God they sent me to the training command as an instructor pilot in Texas. So you know, I was there for Kingsville or Beeville? Uh Kingsville. Kingsville. Yeah, All right. and uh, uh, a couple of Kingsville yeah. instructors here today. Yeah, I was an instructor in Kingsville just a couple of years after. Oh, really? Yeah. So we were at VT twenty two and uh, uh -huh. flying. Yeah. Uh, I the goal we got there was everybody seemed to think you got to get a thousand hours in this in this F eight Cougar and this Cougar, you know. And uh, I was there for two and a half years, and I did. I ended up with a little over eleven hundred hours, which it's almost getting an hour a day. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, we were, it was fun. And, uh, so then I got ready to go and I, I orders got ready to set orders. And I said, well, see, we're going from Kingsville. Then the con, uh, guy in Washington, whatever they call that guy used to put those things together. He said, well, okay. The monitor. Yeah. He said, well, fixed wing monitor. He said, well, 
we're getting ready to send the 53s to Vietnam. And we can canvass all the pilot records, helicopter pilots, and look for anybody that's got 2,000 helicopters. And your name's on the list. So guess what? Oh no! There you go. Oh no! So you're you're going you're going back to the fifty three. Put 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 <laughs> jets. So, put jets. You know, I said you can't. No, no, you don't want to do that. And they said, well, you're you you're going. That. So I went to California, transitioned into fifty three, turned around and went back with HMM HM four sixty three and uh, Marvel Mountain for another for a tour there. So crazy now. Did I read? So, so I, wait, I know I've seen video of it. Marble Mountain, uh, that that was in Vietnam, yep. yes? Yeah, that was, I did, it, uh, it's, it's right out of Da Nang. So you were back there in 67? 68 and 69. Oh, my God. And uh, so it, it was good. I had, uh, it's crazy. Though. We had, uh, the squadron had, I think, eight or nine majors because of all this flight time in helicopters and whatnot. Our... Uh, the train officer was a major. <laughs> so, so then they, uh, wow. about half, half my, about eight months into it, I guess, and they, uh, came up with a, they needed somebody to go to the air liaison officer for the first Marine, uh, regiment that south of the name. So I, I just put my, I said, yeah, I'll go. So I went out and, uh, last eight months over there, I worked with those guys in, uh, in the field and then, Got through with that and then headed back back to California in uh sixty nine and didn't have uh didn't have they sent me back to the air station as the S one officer, I think, at uh, more uh Santa Ana, the helicopter air station, of course. <laughs> didn't send me to the group yeah. where they had all the uh jets. So I went back there and uh was uh just doing nothing much. S one of the air station. He didn't do a whole lot. And then uh, a buddy of mine had uh, he had a uh, fifty three squad. He had the uh, fifty three HMM three sixty three. He had that squadron. He asked me one day. He said, "Why why don't I see if I can get you? I'd like to get you over as my XO." I said, "Well, I said that ain't gonna work." I said, uh, "I've been passed over once and." Uh, he said, well, I know some people. I said, well, I don't give a shit. To you. That ain't going to work, boy. <laughs> I said, Marine Corps ain't like that. And he had been a, a, one of the presidential pilots, and I mean, he did know some people. And uh, so okay. I stayed in the air station there, I guess, about a year. And all of a sudden, got orders. I got to cut me out of the air station and cut me back to that uh, helicopter group and put me in as his XO. I said, that's that? unheard of. So... I stayed there. And you were a, a you were a major or a lieutenant major? No, I was a major. It'd been passed oh. over okay. Okay. one time, and then about a year and a half later, I was still I stayed as XO a little over a year. Then the promotion list came out. I wasn't on it, so it's two passovers. So I said, "Okay, I I understand. I'm I'm gonna get out." So I put my letter in to retire. You know, give him a six month okay. notice. And I had uh, things I already had set up as do. I'd go back to school. And uh, so then about two weeks after I put my letter in, I, here come a set of orders to Okinawa. I said, what the hell? Of course. And uh, he said, yeah, I called that detailer. And he said, well, uh, our letter went out before your retirement letter came in. So you're going to have to go back for another <laughs> tour in Okinawa. 
so watch it. What? <laughs> To a tour as as uh, in a squadron or on well, a, to, a, a part to of an the... air group, air group on uh, Okinawa. Okay, yeah, Fatima, Fatima, yeah, Fatima. So, so I, I, you know, I was pissed off. You can imagine, but uh, so I said, okay, yeah. I'll play your game again. So I went over there and checked in. Uh, the colonel was a great guy. And he said, uh, he said, well, what the hell am I going to do with you? You're you're the most senior major I got. I can't put you in a squadron. You know that's going to disrupt their change of command. He said, "Okay, I'll make you the group operations officer." I said, "I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm here for you know a year or whatnot. It, that's okay." So, yeah. So we're sitting there doing that, and and I doing good. I was enjoying my job, flying the fifty trees, and doing all this stuff. And then uh, the XO of the group. Got uh, emergency. His wife got had emergency operation something and had to go home. So he he and I were good friends. And he he said, uh, "What what okay. do you think about being the group XO?" I said, "Here you are. You're, you're nuts. I'm a major, right?" And he said, "No, no, no. He said, let me yeah. talk to the Colonel." And uh, he went out and talked to him. And then three of us got together and we talked. He said, uh, "Well, yeah, I'll do it." He said, "But we got to fly to Iwakuni." So the the colonel and I had to fly up to see the general, the wing commander, Iwakuni. He had to sell him the deal that he's going to put me in as a his XO as a major, with all these other lieutenant colonel, squadron CO, and all that. You know, and general told him, "said It's your your air group. Do what you want." So I went into the XO. He had his staff meeting, set them all down, and said, "Guys, we got a problem." He said, uh, "I got a problem here. I'm going to either." Maybe bring uh, one of you guys up here to be uh, my XO, I'm, uh, you know, for a while, for maybe six months or so, or, or or I could put Moose in and leave you in the squadron. He said, does anybody have a problem with that? Oh, no, sir. With Moose, oh, listen, listen, we love Moose. Whatever he says, <laughs> you know, whatever he says goes. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody wants to leave wants the squadron, squadron, man. Okay. So he did. And that's so, that was brilliant. Uh, it was. So I'm sitting there as the XO. And then about this time, Vietnam showed up, the evacuation. And, <laughs> okay. and the general, uh, I love the guy. He was, uh, I'd flown with him before. So he came through, putting together a, a team to go in uh, incognito, all civilian clothes, no uniforms, to start looking at how they were going to uh, evacuate these people out. And he and I and a uh, colonel are sitting there, and they're talking about it. And the colonel looked at him and said, you know, you're really going to need a helicopter expert. And I thought to myself, oh, shit, here it comes. He said, uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you Moose to go with you on this team. I said, Colonel. He said, no. And General, General Kerry, uh, he said, well, he said, what do you think? I said, yeah. I said, I, I don't care anybody. Whatever you guys want, I said, I'm ready to do. So. He signed me to his general staff for the uh, helicopter uh, site for the evacuation. What year was uh, that? Seventy four. No, seventy four, because the evacuation yeah. actually yeah. Start, was in April seventy five. So we did got all our civilian clothes, no shaving, and then we were going in. Uh, CIA boys were picking us up at night uh, off the off the uh, command ship. And t- flying us in, and we were looking around for where to land the choppers, how we we're going to do it, and all that. So, I was uh, had the uh, ground uh, ground lieutenant colonel who was in charge of the security people. So we we're going in, and so we we're in there one night, 
And uh, this was in uh, in six in seventy five, just uh, about a week before the evacuation. And so we were waiting to get on this CIA boys going to pick us up, take us back out to the ship. And me and our two buddies standing there, and this third colonel comes up with two Vietnamese generals and said, uh, "I got to have this chopper." And chopper said, "No, no, they, I got to get these boys out to the ship." And uh, he looked at him and he said, "Them." Colonel uh, Colonel took his pistol out. And he said, "I said I have to have this chopper." Uh, yes, sir. So they loaded those guys <laughs> up. Off they went, and here was standing of us standing there with our thumb in our mouth, and said, "What do we do now?" So, well, we 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 ain't gonna do nothing now. We're gonna go back and find a place to sleep. Oh boy! So we went in that night. The next morning, the uh, they overran Da Nang, and the people up there they overran left all their bombers and everything. On the runway, fuel with ordnance, and they came to Saigon, and just bomb, totally closed the uh, the air airfield at uh, in Saigon where the evacuation was supposed to be taken. All the one thirties were going to fly there and take all these people out. Okay, they totally closed it. So that's when they said, "Okay, okay. we got a problem," and that's when they took frequent wow. 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 So, wow. Okay. And this is, is this about 74? Right before? This is April. Oh, okay. Okay. So right about yeah. the end of it there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's come back in, in just a minute and talk about that. I want to take just a moment to talk about another great show that has come across our radar recently. It's an amazing show, the Jordan Harbinger Show. Let's talk to you about it. Hey, Repeat. Have you listened to the Jordan Harbinger Show lately? I have, and I am loving it, Fig. The guests he gets on the show are fascinating. Absolutely. I especially like the episode I listened to last with uh, David Packhouse, the real-life gunrunner and the inspiration for the movie War Dogs. Oh, that was a great one. But I'll tell you, for me, Terry Crews was a standout. I met him on a layover recently, and he was a super nice man. He's a genuinely talented actor and comedian, and boy, was that fun to actually get to learn more about him after meeting him. Dude, that's awesome. That's the beauty of the Jordan Harbinger show. There's something for everyone. You know, he dives into the minds of uh, fascinating people from athletes, authors, celebrities, scientists. I mean, it's huge. It is. And and he's got a talent for getting his guests to share never heard before stories and insights. It's always thought provoking. Exactly. Without fail, he seems to pull out tactical bits of wisdom in each episode, all with the purpose of making you more informed and a critical thinker. Absolutely. And point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be hard-pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. So, for all of our So There I Was listeners out there, don't miss out on The Jordan Harbinger Show. You can search for it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you use the URL jordanharbinger.com slash start, you'll get some special bonuses. That's right. The Jordan Harbinger Show is a top-shelf podcast named Best of Apple in 2018. So don't just ignore our suggestion to listen to this like you probably do with your other friends who tell you to listen to the podcast. Just don't do it. <laughs> you can't go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in Bravo, I-N as in November, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay. 
So this is now 75. I don't know why I was thinking it was 74. I've lost complete track of time. I was live then. I remember. I remember the end of Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. I, I do but, too. Uh, yeah, I was. I remember riding down my so riding I, down the street on my bicycle with the church bells. Moose, ringing I got a couple questions regarding yeah. this. So you go into uh, you go into Saigon, civilian clothes, no military uh, association, right? You're doing this kind of a recon yeah. on how how uh, you guys are going to conduct this evacuation. Where did you stay? We had we we, we stayed at the uh, it, uh, they call a DAO compound and that was the defense attitude. Of, that's where all the operations and everything uh, uh, originated out of. Everything had to be approved there, so they had uh, Quonset huts. That we just stayed in there until uh, you know we were able to get back out. So, but it was it was, it was interesting because when they closed that down, we were sitting there, and of course that when they found out. You guys aren't going back out. You're going to have to stay here for the evacuation. So I said, "Well, okay, I'll just pick a, a landing, one of the landing sites." And uh, you know, they first said, "Well, no, you're in charge. Uh, anybody that comes in this building, if they got a weapon, you you get it and put it in that, throw it in that room over there." So the CIA people, the State Department people come in. You know, we got all these historic weapons and stuff at the museum pieces they're keeping and said, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping this. I said, if you want to get on an airplane, a helicopter, you said, you put that thing in that room over there or you just get out of line. So they'd look at me and I've got my shrapnel on. I got my vest. I got an AK-47, two pistols. I don't know what else, bandoliers of ammo. And I said, I would, it wasn't for discussion. So, Right, yeah. they, it, they came along with it, and then. Uh, and I'm going to make an a uh, moose. I'm going to make an assumption here that you got the uh, you got the handle moose not because you're a small person. No, I didn't. I, I really wasn't ever a big person, but the uh, the guy, the first guy, uh, my first helicopter squadron, the maintenance officer there was a guy called his name was Moose So and So, uh, and he was six six and about. 255 or 60 so they they kicked him out of the jet program because he'd never be able to eject because of his height right so they sent him to choppers yeah. so he was big moose and i was little moose so oh, okay. when i got transferred the the moose stayed with me <laughs> well I, I was bringing that up because I, i'm picturing you uh as you described with the you know the chest plate and the <laughs> The bandoliers, the AK, and you're probably not a small guy, and uh, you're saying, yeah, no, if you want to get on that helicopter, yeah, yeah. you're going to put that gun in that room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. That's what, some of them, the CIA boys uh, tried to give us a little, a little heat about it. You know? No, 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 you don't. You, you're just like them. Get in that line. The other thing a guy run in, right. we, were, we had a room, a guy came down after we got pretty much settled down. The guy come around and he said, come here, you got to help. Me. I said, well, we got to help you what? He said, we, we got uh, we got some money to get rid of. I said, that's interesting. So I went down there and he had a room and uh, I cannot tell you how much currency, $20 bills put together, stacked and everything. And he had three, three or four shredders running. They were just constantly put, filling them up, shredding and shredding. I said, what are you, what are you doing? He said, just, this money cannot go back. It's already been expended. 
if it goes back to our economy, it's going to mess it up. I said, well, okay, I, I guess I missed something somewhere. So, so <laughs> yeah, right. which, he said, okay. And then some guy run in with a little uh, overnight bag. And he said, hey, I got a bus that's trying to get through. I need I need at least $20,000. He just you know, throw it in the bag. Off, off he goes. <laughs> and uh, I said, I was more worried to get about carrying my ammo than I was about, you know, taking any 20s. <laughs> right. So, yeah. A couple extra 20s isn't going to save your life with those rounds. Probably. But they, they evacuated me when they did. I came out on the last chopper out of the DAL compound about midnight, and uh, they took us out to a carrier. I was on the command ship, which was called the Blue Ridge. So they took me out to that carrier, and so I stayed, I think, Two nights there before they ever got a chopper that could take me back to the camp, my command ship. And, uh, but the day I went back, I had, uh, Nugent Cal Key, who was the premier of, uh, Vietnam when it fell and his wife and a poodle dog. So I rode with them getting back. They've taken him to, to the command ship and we got in line there and walking through. And then, of course, the Navy security is checking everything. He had a little black briefcase and, I sat there looking at him. He opened it up, and it it just thought a stack solid with little gold ingots. How about that? And uh, that was his I, escape plan. Yeah, right I saw him about eight months later in California. Talked to all all me and my wife got out with was our poodle dog, and uh, you know the clothes on her back. I told him to say, I said, yeah. How about the little briefcase? <laughs> <laughs> So it was, it was, it was wild. Oh, that was, that was for oh, a friend. I, sure, I'm sure yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. carrying that for a friend. <laughs> uh, oh, I had a, a, a kind of a, a funny story when I was, I was supposed to be a helicopter pilot in Hawaii. Uh, they got short one day on a massive troop lift and uh, needed me to fly, fill in as a co-pilot. And I said, I said, well, I'll do that since I'm, you know, put me back in shoppers. I'm just helping you out. Well, about a week before, one of their boys had got uh, got caught uh, hunting goats, shooting goats on the Big Island of Hawaii. The crew chief was shooting pistols and everything outside the window. And uh, so they got caught because the guy on the ground watching them was a state senator. They were also down there hunting goats. So okay. those guys got back. Of course, they were apprehended, uh, arrested, uh, given the letter reprimand, fined it about $1,500 and made permanent co-pilot. Well, when this big troop lift was going about two weeks later, uh, he had 15 airplanes, and uh, we'd flown over to uh, the airport in Hawaii, uh, and we're sitting there, and he Uh called. He said, uh, Sir, I'm sorry. Are are you tapping on something? Oh, I'm sorry. I may be. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because it's coming through. The mic is picking that up. So he had this this flight of 15 airplanes. to go and he called a tower, you know, so it's so, so, a uh, flight of 15 for takeoff. And uh, the tower said, What's your destination? Well, I'm sitting over there with my hands in my lap, and the uh, 34 had a, a foot mic on the floor. You could you could key the mic with your foot. Nice tap the foot yeah. mic, said, Goat hunting. Well, <laughs> I mean, it was dead <laughs> silent. Tower said, Say again. And he said, We're we, we have an operation, we're going to the big island, you know. Well, we got back in Hawaii and landed. Everybody was directed to go to the ready room. And I came in. Pilot sat there. He said, okay, boys, we're going to sit here until somebody tells me who said that. And <laughs> after, he did. <laughs> after I, we were there I, at least five hours, 
Five hours and and nobody. Oh my course, god! Nobody. I wouldn't go. Hell, I wouldn't go confess. What? So he finally come over. He called the the kid that I was flying with. He he thought it was me. He called him in. He he said, "I think Moose did it." He said, "No, sir." He said, "I'm sitting there talking to him. He's got his hands in his lap. He did not touch anything." And said, "Okay." <laughs> so, but. The guy about three three months later left. He, uh, his colonel got transferred, and they had a going away party at the uh, happy hour. And uh-huh. so he's at the bar, and I walked. Out. I said, "Colonel," I said, uh, "Good luck, you know, to where you're going, and everything." And he said, "He looked at me, and I, he said, come here.' He said, let me tell you something. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I know you did it." <laughs> and I said, "No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Wasn't me. No, sir. It wasn't me." <laughs> so. <laughs> I ought to call him up one day. You can't prove I ought to call him up one day and tell him I did it. So anyhow, well, don't saw me. You can't prove a thing. So anyhow, sitting on the ship, love it. Evacuation's over. The master sergeant came up. He had a list in his hand. He said, "Hey, do you know somebody by the name of Morris Lutz?" I said, "Well, hell yes, me, Gunny." He said, "You just got promoted. You're a lieutenant colonel." And he had the promotion list sitting on that command ship. And I said. Oh my God! How? How about that? T- t- Pass twice. Yeah. You got promoted on the third, third time. time. So that's so I came back. Uh, I tried to get out of jets again, but uh, they sent me to the uh, chopper air wing uh, back in uh, North Carolina, and uh, okay. I had to sign a two-year contract if I took the promotion. So I said, "Okay, I can do that." So they did that, and then I uh, ended up my last year. They gave me a, a training squadron uh, as a CO, so I I got done everything I wanted to do. I wanted to be a command, uh, you know, commanding officer of a chopper squadron. Mm-hmm. So, so that was uh, the, one of the rag the rag squadrons, uh, rag squadron there. At, uh, New yeah, River. New River. It was the Huey training squadron. So, oh, the yeah. Huey training squadron, outstanding. Okay. I had I went to that squadron, uh, uh, that group because they had the OV ten. And a Cobra and a, and a, just a slick Huey. And uh, I had a chance to take either one of those. So I decided. How about that? I, I took with huh? So I, I kind of lost track of how many different military aircraft you were qualified yeah. in. Can you, right. can you get me close? Well, you can't. You can't. Well, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's just talk jets. All right, so you were in a T-33. T-33, F, F, uh, F-9. You got you. F nine, you got your wings in the F nine. Yeah. Then I uh, uh, went back. Did you fly the A four? Yeah, I flew the A four with two fourteen and uh, two twelve. And, and then, then and the F eight. Uh, so all right. I got into the ba- five. Yeah, I got in the back. I'm at five fixed yeah. wing jets, and then uh, so helicopters. You can't uh, you, HMR. Yeah, you, you can't name. I got a a forty a forty six a thirty four a fifty three. An HOK, uh, HRS. <laughs> That's five. Wow. So, yeah. and then you flew the you flew the UE, UE? H one, Cobra, Cobra. Were you qualified in both of those? Just, just uh, yeah, as like NATO qualified. NATO qualified. Yeah, NATO qualified. So all right, so that's seven. And uh, what about the OV ten? No, I started checking out in that. Uh, I thought I might get that squadron. But no, uh, the other squadron came up first. So I just, I flew it. I, I could, I was first, you know, so I wasn't a combat qualified. But, uh, so I'm at 12. Uh, 
12 different uh, military aircraft. Yeah. Now, how? What? so other than the F-8 that you flew in combat, did you fly helicopters? You flew uh, 53. 53, 53s in combat. Yeah. And I flew with... So F-8s and 53s. And I flew the... Uh, but what was crazy is the, the Marine Corps required me as an air liaison officer with a ground unit to still get four hours a month at flight time. So I had to call. I was called as the air liaison officer. I'd call the, uh, the uh, Huey squadron because I knew the CO, and they'd come down and pick me up so I'd fly missions with them so I could get my four hours flight time. So, yeah, combat missions in the yeah. UH-1. In the- <laughs> You, you, repeat you, this you, is crazy you, right i know it's yeah. crazy i mean, I mean yeah. I, nobody it's how could they do i mean i mean i you, you are the very first uh you're the very first marine aviator i ever talked to that has done this back and forth back and forth uh yeah usually it's one direction you know helicopters and then goes to you know goes to fixed wing but look at look uh, at the, man. the other thing. How many wires had to be crossed when uh, when I was with the uh, first Marine Regiment? Their uh, operations officer had one of those emergency things. He had to go back home for about three weeks. Okay, right. He put me in as his operator, S three officer, as a, a aviator. And yeah, with at the regiment. yeah at the regiment. So he had to make the same thing. We had to go up and see the uh, the. The general and Mac at the time in uh, in Da Nang, we had to go up and meet with him, and he had to go through this whole process of why he wanted to do it. And the guy said, "Well, it's your regiment, you know. Uh, if that's what you want to do, do it." So they throw me in there, and you know, all these other ground officers—that's the prime billet for them. You know, oh, you they're all looking at what yeah. what's the aviator doing there, you know? Right. So he did that with me sneak with sneak attack. <laughs> Did that with me with them, and then uh, the other colonel said, oh, "I'll put you in, you in my XO. I don't care what those other lieutenant colonels want to do." So I don't. Yeah, and nobody wanted nobody to leave did. the squadron. So we like it. We like I know, this. Idea. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> wow. So, uh, how many <laughs> hours did you end up with in the military? Uh, about eighty-six hundred. Wow. Most of them were about wow. probably five. It's been more heavy side with the choppers because that's yeah. where they kept sticking get, me. <laughs> well, then you get more time yeah. per per time every time you strap in. It's yeah. usually a longer yeah. sortie. Um, you did two years in, at the training command, or three years, two and a half, two and a half, and uh, you were uh, in VT twenty two, which at that time was uh, flying the F nines yeah. or the F9. was it? Uh, eight? Okay, the yeah. F nines. Okay, so you probably got a pretty pretty good amount of time in the F nine. Oh, I do. As well. Yeah. No, I did. I had, okay. I, I'd busted a thousand hours in the first year. So yeah, you had over a little over a thousand hours in the F eight. Yeah, right. And and of all the airplanes you've flown, that's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's uh, in com, if it's that- in combat. Now, if I'm just if okay. I'm- okay. So it, let's well, let, what's let's, for fun? Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what about what's for fun, fun then? What What's your the, favorite one? For the fun, fun is the Huey, because. Okay. We used to fly. <laughs> we'd fly in uh, in the we used to fly in the desert down the, in uh, in Yuma, Arizona. And uh, a lot of times our our flight time was uh, we start at uh, ten o'clock at night because of the damn heat during the day, and we fly sure, we yeah. fly all night long until the next morning. But in the desert out there, they had uh, long strips, hundred miles of nothing. And every once in a while, you see a little gas station or something, you know, a 
stop and go. Mm-hmm. So at night up there, we'd go down there. We'd fly around and look, look around, and uh, and sometimes just land there and 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 shut down and go in and uh, see what's going on. It'd be a bar. We'd have a beer. We'd go and have a beer. <laughs> and so well, it, it was hot. Well, you got to stay hydrated. But it got so bad where a couple of them would come out and they set up their own little landing site. They put lights out. We'd go down couple at the at the bar. <laughs> we'd we'd buzz them. They'd go out there and they'd have these lanterns set up and they'd mark out and they'd mark a spot to land. And we'd just shut down. And so we were doing that in California for a while. When I first got in California, they used to think uh, helicopters were really something different. Everybody would run out and look at them. Nobody would call in and say, hey, somebody buzzed the house. So we'd do the same thing. We'd land on the beach at a campfire and get out and have a hot dog to drink, get back. And we had to have our three three hours of nighttime in. And if they couldn't figure out how we were doing that. But what we didn't know that uh, that Chopper had a fuel dump switch. So we just dumped all our damn fuel except what we need to record our three hours of flight time. Now, I know that's not legal. How about that? That's awesome. But I was a, I was a, I was a, uh, a martyr or something in, in, in Balboa Island in uh, California. They had a, a, a historic hotel, the Balboa Inn. And we came back, first time I came back from uh, Japan overseas, looking for a place to stay. Couldn't find anything. So we talked to the guy that, that was running the, the Balboa Hotel was a, a friend of a friend. So we were renting rooms in that hotel for about $200 a week. You know, here we are. Staying in the hotel, you know, we got room service, and you got a bar downstairs, and uh, we're down in the middle of the Balboa Island where all the bars and the girls are. Listen, Uh-oh. that that's as close to paradise as I could ever explain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, 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 I was kind of a, I don't, I don't know, I, I was uh, not a straight shooter all the time but i have to say this i would probably and i would tell that anybody i was probably the best helicopter pilot that the marine corps had when i was there even going back and looking i didn't tell you about rescuing the mountain climbers off of mount whitney in california no, yeah that's what i was wanted to ask you about that yeah let's we, talk about that it was uh yeah. midnight and uh snowstorm the coast guard what year is this uh, what year 70 about seventy-two, yeah, yeah. Time, right? about seventy-two. Okay, okay. when I is when I went into as the XO of the uh, of my buddy squadron when I, you know, before I got okay, and uh, so the Coast Guard's card they did not have the airplane that would hover above ten thousand feet, and I went in and 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 picked those boys up at night. Got there four of them, three of them were alive. One of them was hanging by a rope, just banging against the mountain. But I went in, oh, wow. went in, and I was able to pick those boys up off the side of that mountain with that big fifty-three, and able to hover at that altitude, and uh, it was amazing. And what nice. what uh, what altitude did you say that was? was... We were right at twelve, twelve thousand. Holy cow! Right, and, wow. and, uh, right. and the uh, I think what I don't know what the Coast Guard was flying. It's it's similar, not a fifty-three, but whatever their rescue bird is was capped out at about ten or ten five. They couldn't. Well, that that fifty three is an amazing oh, listen, bird too. That that, uh, that is that could do some stuff, and and that was the Alpha model, right? No, we had the Echo. The, oh, yeah, the Echo. Yeah, okay. we had. Already, yeah, the one okay. that came out with the screen. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it was a. It was almost the last model, so it was. Uh, it'd been upgraded. Okay. 
But it was a beautiful, it was a yeah, beautiful okay. bird. And let me tell you something, okay. a lot of people don't know it, but you could loop a 53. Yes. Now, I think no. I saw a video no, of that one you, time. You can loop a 53. Yeah. And, and I said to myself, <laughs> when I saw that, I said, self, yeah. yeah. No. Don't ever do that. Yeah. That you, only do it, you only do it one time, but you can do it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, How about so, that? No, I've seen uh, I've seen the video and it isn't fake. It isn't deep fake. It's it's from long ago. Fifty uh, threes, yeah. they do yep. a roll and they yep. can do a loop, and uh, t- then they have to clean yeah, the seats. You do. And try it again. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, no, that's an amazing oh, yeah. bird. The other one, though, I I want to go back briefly to the uh, ever so briefly, and then we'll continue back on to finishing in helicopters. But uh, you talked about the F eight and being one of your favorite aircraft. Um, that was a neat, a really unique airplane, and uh, there there's something special about the wing. And I was wondering if you could tell us yeah, about that, what that uh, was and and why they designed it they, that way. That rotating ring or uh, the, what wing that they had. That's the only way that they could get it uh, slow enough to be able to get aboard the carrier. So they had to come up with that modification to where that uh, wing would lift up like that and uh, give them the, the carrier qualifications, really. So Okay. So essentially, the entire wing would be rotated up. But the front yeah. of it would be lifted up hydraulically right. to increase the angle of attack on the wing without killing right. the pilot's visibility yeah. to get aboard. Right. Yeah, without changing yeah. the deck angle, yeah. really. Yeah. Terrifying. So I, I want to talk about the F-8. Uh, I want some more details. So for combat, you said, yeah, the F-8. Uh, is it because it was fast, uh, maneuverable, could could take a hit, or all the above? What? T- t- tell us, Moose. It, it could take a hit. It was very. It was a real sturdy. Because the time they hit me, I had uh, it went through a lot of the hydraulics and the and the ass end of it. It went through, uh, uh, got into the fuel, some of the fuel tanks, and it put all the radios and everything. But it uh, it was sturdy. I mean, even uh, landing that yeah. thing is uh, took a beating, but. Uh, it would just clean up so fast. I mean, it was really fast with that uh, that engine it had. It was. Uh, so you would uh, drop ordnance, and what kind of speeds would you be egressing at? Well, when I came out after Harley got shut down, and they were hitting me, <laughs> yeah. I had to be around six because I had actually bent the throttle. I it, I couldn't go. It couldn't go any further <laughs> forward. <laughs> And uh, stuck your foot up there and just kept pushing. Yeah, and uh, so I, I had to be, I'm sure, in, this, in at least six or better. And uh, wow! But what I had that uh, I had a test top on it off the carrier one day, uh, doing a burner takeoff, burner climb, the uh, max climb and whatnot, and uh, got up to about thirty five thousand feet, and uh, the throttle wouldn't move. It hung up on me. <laughs> so, hung up in burner? Yeah, yeah, for a minute. Oh. But I got out of burner, and then, uh, but it just stayed uh, at about 80, 80%. So <laughs> the NATOP, oh, the exciting. good NATOP boy, had a procedure for that procedure where you fly a pattern, uh, hit, the, hit the loopholes, everything, and about 3,000 feet or okay. four from the end of the runway, you turn the engine off. Right. On in. Well, I had that, and I had a friend of mine was flying with me, so he was talking to me. We got they couldn't take me back aboard the carrier because just uh, they couldn't handle that. It wouldn't uh, it'd been net and uh, everything else. Sure. So he sent me to sure. Danang in there on the air station, and so we flew around. And he talked to me, and I said, "Yeah, I know. It's it's just, you know, here's the airspeed. Here's okay." And he said, "We got over the point." And he said, "Okay, turn it off." 
I could not turn it off. I said, wait a minute, we're going to look at it one more time. I said, <laughs> oh, I, no, we, we, we I, I cannot visualize shutting that engine down. So we flew it around. We flew it around twice more. And on the third time, I finally turned the damn switch off. <laughs> and we coast, <laughs> coasted it on our own way and nothing happened. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> mm. Wow, but it's Natal's had it, but the first time it had been had. Has anybody ever done it? Yeah. So, oh, okay. And it turned out you okay. were the, a test uh, pilot. <laughs> the, uh, I thought it was awesome that that bird could, uh, could carry those 2,000 pound bombs, uh, two of them, on uh, one on yeah, each that's... wing when the A4 could only handle yeah. one center line. But that would uh, definitely suck to get one on. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> it would. More than suck. <laughs> so. so, yeah. It'd ruin your whole day. And oh, night. F eight F eight had twenty millimeter yeah. uh cannons. Mm-hmm. Okay. And air to air radar as yeah. well, right? And they had uh of course we had those Zuni we carry the Zunis, the rockets. We could carry the Zuni yeah. quads and yeah. which I used one time and guess guess what I shot? Elephant. We were flying around two of us was on a, a cap mission one day and uh a guy called uh, one of those uh, little boogie boys uh Called and said, "Hey, has anybody up there got any order?" I said, "Well, we got a couple of birds up here with some Zuni rockets, and uh, you know what you need." He said, "Well, uh, I got some pink elephants." I said, no. "Yeah, okay. What'd you drink last night? You know, what'd you drink? You know, yeah, damn right. sober, drunk out here flying it, and uh, you know, in the combat." And oh no, come on. So he vectored us down where he was and showed us what's down. And they did what? There were three of the pinkest damn elephants I'd ever seen in my life. They were going through that jungle and through the mountains. <laughs> And they pick it up that red clay, and that's what they blow it up to keep the bugs off of. They just blow that, and they were solid paint. And I, and so me, me and my buddy took turns. We made passes and uh, just blew the hell up. And uh, they, they were oh all, my gosh, they were, they were loaded with uh, had artillery pieces. Well, but but yeah. how do you how do you tell your kids that you shot pink elephants in the damn war? Right, right. But well, you, you, fishing game here, here anyone? At that, <laughs> at that point, it wasn't an elephant. It was, uh, it was a movie. It was. Well, you call it, it an movie. artillery piece of some kind, right? Yeah, a motorized artillery right. piece. Yeah. So it, oh it, it was God. wild. It was wild. Well, uh, what what uh, military decorations did you end up with? Um, so obviously, Vietnam service medals. Well, did started, you have air medals? I had uh, uh, twenty. 28 air medals. Only 28. Wow. Uh, okay. Some of those, some of those are. Well, some people can't get 30. Well, fig, some, you those, know. I mean, some just... of those people, are the, some of them were. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the air medal had That's the awesome. stars. Sometimes you get a, 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 a gold star in lieu of sure. five or something. Sure. Right. I don't know how they, right. I, don't, I really don't know how they do that. I just need to. That's okay. I know. I had so uh, 28 free stars on that ribbon. Wow. I got the. Uh, okay. The FC, I think, really for uh, the flight we had with Harley on uh, okay. getting wow. uh, shut down. Uh, you don't uh, you, repeat. I, I don't. I don't know how many guys you know they got the uh, DFC. But now we know uh, one. Yeah, the, right. uh, yeah, one. Uh, the Bronze Star with a Combat V is kind of uh, different for an aviator, but I got that for running that uh, regimental operations office uh, while the guy was on uh, emergency leave. That was the, uh, you were the regimental uh, opto. Yeah. But through all of this, throughout your career, yeah, I, you didn't really have a ground no. tour. I, I, I don't. Even your ground tours, I didn't you hear any fly. time where uh, you were on a staff for three years or at the Pentagon or whatever, didn't do any flying. You were always flying. 
I, I tried to do that. The so, only reason I took a staff job is because I, was, I could fly the jets. <laughs> That's the only way right. I could get back in them. <laughs> so, what a uh, what a, a truly unique and amazing Marine Corps career you had. Holy cow. It, it really is. I think it's. You know, I, I've done a lot of crazy things, but I tell you uh, one thing: I I was a a pretty damn good pilot. You know, some of the some well, of the funny awesome. stuff we did and all that. Um, you know, you, you can't do that this day and age. But back then, uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. Well, there's uh, fewer uh, there was fewer cell phones with video yeah, cameras, right. right? As in yeah, zero. Right. <laughs> but good thing absolutely uh, much harder to well, catch all you the fun times in, in california was good because you know california was a laid back <laughs> laid back community back in right. those days you know beat the beach parties and everything they didn't they didn't care about a helicopter right. landing and right. having a hot dog hell they thought it was normal <laughs> that's just normal that's cool that's just SOP. Yeah. something to watch that's pretty awesome so well, i've never heard of that i've never heard of that before mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. That is indeed uh, awesome. Uh, well, sadly, it's getting close to the time to land the plane. Okay. Um, uh, what uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other question. Fig, you got any last questions? Well, you uh, know, we we always ask. Uh, you know, did you ever have did you ever have your hand on the ejection handle when you're flying jets? That was uh, ever so bad that you had your hand on the ejection handle. I I did one time. Uh, we we're we we're transpacking from uh, Hawaii when we we're taking two twelve. Uh, relocating them from Hawaii to uh, the uh, the carrier Arisony in uh, San Diego, and I uh, had a uh, okay. a uh, fuel pump transfer system that did not work, so which actually uh, took away all of my wing fuel, and this was after the, the point of no return. I mean, it, it wasn't. Yeah, you're, you're it wasn't have, no good. Can't go no. back. Can't go back. No. Not, not enough gas to go forward, no. right? And uh, I don't know why it happened at that point, but then they said, well, we're going to try to get a 130 out of uh, California, get them in the air, and, and try to get to you before you run out of gas. I said, well, that'd be neat. It really would. But uh, <laughs> that would I'm, be neat. I'm sitting there in it, and I've got all my stuff put away. I've got my knee board over here. I've got everything out of the way. So, so I'll have a clear ejection. And then right. I'll start looking at the water. And you know what I'm looking for when I'm looking at the water. You're looking for yeah. sharks. I'm, I'm yeah, guessing yeah. shark fish. You know, I kept looking. And <laughs> I know every blot looked like a shark. And it looked like a big shark. Of and course. I got down. Uh, and I was I was ready to go. And I didn't I didn't think they, uh, they were going to make, make me uh, in time. But... Uh, Finally, uh, one thirty called and said, "Hey, we got you on the radar. We're so many miles." And I said, "I don't care how many miles. How long is you know? When are you going to be here?" I said, "I'm getting uh, about out of gas." And uh, he said, "Well, we're going to pick you up. We're going to make a turn in front of you. We got the drove uh, drove out. So all you got to do is just kind of line up, you know, and just fly straight into it." And I got to thinking, I said, well, the last time we had air to air refueling, I think I jabbed at that thing maybe 12 times before I would. <laughs> I said, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> no, so, pressure. no pressure. No pressure now. now. Uh, right? That program that F8 was not, it was not an easy plug in because it set up. Was it, uh, it yeah, was it out yeah, to the out side? Yeah, out to the side. We're back by. Yeah, we know okay, about that. Yeah. Repeat. So yeah. they did. I picked them up and I kind of lined that thing up. 
And I tell you, it didn't flinch anything. It, it went straight into that thing and locked into that probe. It didn't. I mean, first, first try. First, first try. try. And I that's, mean, no that's concentration uh, right Well, there, it buddy. was good luck or something. But anyhow, I had left 100 pounds of It's better to be lucky than good, lads. fuel on the gauge when it did it. <laughs> and I bet that gauge had a, had a, oh, good. You know, a little error with it, oh, plus or minus two hundred pounds something. error, right? Holy yeah, shit. I just, <laughs> that was. Wet. I knew I was. I was going to be wet. I just knew it. Ain't no way. But wow, I'm glad. I'm glad I asked yeah. you that because that was a yeah. good story. Absolutely. Okay, so well, uh, you one. you had two engine failures in helicopters. You talked about one. One you had the city council yeah. on board. What was the other? Uh, we were in uh, on the uh, Westpac. Uh, and uh, we were in Puerto Rico, Viegas Island in Puerto Rico, where the Navy used to use that as a gunnery. Bombing yeah, target. Yeah, bombing target. Yeah, bomb, bomb, yeah. bombing range, gunnery uh, And range. the yeah. Navy would go out there and, you know, pick up shrapnel and all that. So we were down there. We were had to clear the range before. Uh, so I had a, a the admiral off of one of the ships that was uh, observing four of his staff. And uh, the helicopter I had that fell in uh, – North Carolina with the uh, people aboard, I was at a thousand feet, perfect altitude to auto rotate, you know, do all this good stuff. So we had these guys aboard. I landed and they got out to look at some of the targets and uh, they got back on and uh, everybody loaded up. I uh, used a lot of power, jumped up in the air, got 200 feet, the damn thing quit. Okay, at 200 no. feet, you don't do nothing but ride. All I was able to do is just keep it level. And it comes straight down, of course, up in the air, all the blazed everything, and it up did a half barrel rolling down on its side. And uh, after all the blazed everything started stop whirling and flying around, we all crawled out the side window on the back of that is no HRS or whatever. Not <laughs> we all crawled out, a few cuts, a few scratches, a few you know skinny places, but other than that, nothing else. Wow. So yeah, so. uh uh, uh, 200 feet, you don't, you, no, no, no speed or altitude for auto no, rotate. You're just no, a rock, no. right? Oh, and I didn't have enough to, uh, the blaze at that time. By the time I even tried to pull up on the collective thing, wouldn't have had any impact. All I could do, luckily, was keep it square so it landed on yeah. all four wheels. So I lost a, yeah. I lost one engine on a 53, which, uh, Natops wise, this is, uh, was a good one that, uh, I showed them that their uh, book was right. Uh, I was carrying about 8,000 pounds externally on the 53 and lost an engine. So okay. normally there's two options. You jettison, cut it loose, or if you have a nice area, you can kind of make what they call a slow run on, just to let it touch down and you keep going and land on the other side of it. you got enough, okay. enough power to do that. So Okay. Okay. Nobody had tried that, but I I did. They had a little uh, little airfield that uh, we owned over in Vietnam, and uh, I was able to keep the speed down and let that when that thing touched down, I cut it loose and I went well. And it picked up and landed right in front of it. It didn't even roll over, sitting there, sitting there on that? the on the runway. <laughs> so I thought, and it was nice. by the book. They tough, they tough did it. That's perfect. Well, Moose. 
I I could uh, I could crack a beer and listen to him with stories for another hour with you. Uh, I, I, I probably I probably come up with one. <laughs> I I I know I know there's stuff that you're not not talking. Right now, the kind of career you had, yeah. I don't know how you can remember everything. But wow, thank you first of all for your service, oh, listen, and I, thank you for sharing you, all your yeah. stories with us. Fan to take my airplane away, I'd still be there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and so you, and but just so uh, to put the cross on the T, you retired as a lieutenant yeah, colonel, correct? A, a, as the squadron yeah. commander of uh, of the uh, RAG squadron, yeah, the Huey uh, Huey training squadron. Wow, what a great, what a great uh, career! It was, it really oh, was. That's awesome. Well, uh, is is there uh, if, repeat? Did I take all your thunder? Is there anything else I'm forgetting to ask? Uh, no, while that's we, while we been, got him hostage. This has here? been great. I've just been sitting here in awe for most of this, and I thank you for a- answering. I'll asking, see if there's any of this. An answer. The, the other, there was another yeah. story. If you, not totally out of time. We had a. It's it's just a. Yeah, we can fit okay. one last one in, and then we'll okay. land the plane on that. I'm I'm truly amazed. Uh, you know the amount of flight time you had, all the different aircraft, not just jets, but uh, all those different you know helicopters, rotary wing, combat tours in both kinds, and uh, and, and you know the the both uh, count? the ground work, ground? the the evac of uh, Saigon, and oh, you know, what what a career! Wow. Uh, we yeah on that nuclear. Uh, cruise we went on. You remember the, the colonel I told you about that was, uh, I told him to sit on his hands? Yeah. Right. Okay. He right. he was a real stickler about it. He didn't like anybody talking on the radio. And uh, because we had our, our squadron in the helicopter, we we had an internal radio. We could talk to each other. You know, we didn't have to talk to the tower and thing, but he'd sometimes be listening on there and uh, somebody'd say something and he'd say, get off the air. You know, just get off the air. You don't need to be talking. So we're flying out one day, and he had, uh, I guess, it eight of us. We're out training, doing something, eight of us. He called the ship to uh, eight for landing, you know, called Pryfly. And so the tower, uh, Pryfly guy came back and said, uh, okay, uh, you know, how many how many airplanes you got, you know? And so he said, I got eight. And then I keyed the mic and burped, just a loud, loud burp. So he... <laughs> He keyed his mic and said, who did that? So I burped again. Right. <laughs> and so he didn't say anything else. So we got all those eight air, air, airplanes aboard, got on the ship, went out in the ready room. He said, everybody in your seat. And that same routine. Well, this is where you're going to sit until somebody tells me who did that. Right. Nobody ever confessed. So finally the EXO came in about 11 o'clock that night and said, okay, guys, you know, you're, you're clear to go back to your room. You know, so... Okay, that whole cruise after that, every time he made a any kind of a call on the radio, if there's more than two airplanes in the air, he got a burp. It drove him nuts. So yeah, but you said the yeah, precedence. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, uh, most of them wouldn't do it. They thought they'd get caught. Well, we all floated in Okinawa for resupply, and uh, they set up a tent, operational tent there, and uh, we're going to be there for three or four weeks, so we're going to do daily flights. And, uh, so he had a, he had, uh, flying one day as about six of them flying. I wasn't flying that day, but I, in the operation tent, I asked what's going on. Oh, so and so. So I left that around. And I'm standing there next to the, to the microphone and, and he made a call to, uh, uh, the, the Fatima or somebody there asking, asking a question. And, uh, as soon as he got through, I burped. 
he came back. He came back, and uh, I don't. It's, it's a couple of nights later at happy hour, he came and he said, "Moose," he said, "I got to apologize." He said, "I just knew that you were the burp." But I was flying out today with guys. You weren't in the air, and somebody did it. I said, "I, I, I said, I said, I told you, sir, it wasn't me." He no, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd like to that's call him, beautiful. tell him it, it was really me, but I won't. I'd let him let him let him guess. That's beautiful. So the Phantom Burper was alive yeah. and well. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That's a good story to finish on. It is indeed. So we need to thank a couple other people too, don't we, Fig? I think probably the Mac Geek Gab, one gentleman by the name of Dave Hamilton. Appreciate all your help and support. He's got the Gig Gab as well, and the Business Brain. And uh, we get to send a thank you out to Jordan Harbinger for uh, the show swap announcement with us. Right. He's got a great show. He he interviews some amazing people. I heard recently one with Terry Crews from uh, <laughs> America's Got Talent and Everybody Hates Chris and White Chicks and all kinds of other good movies. So he, he was a screen. Fun to listen to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to listen to that one. Uh, I, I, I listened to the one with, uh, the David, uh, David Packhouse, you know, from, uh, he was one war of dog. the two. Yeah. War dogs. Yeah. That was interesting as hell as well. For the war dogs. Movie. Yeah. Well, Very thank you, Jordan, <laughs> for, uh, for swap announcements with us. We yeah. do appreciate that. And, uh, hey, Fig, how can we get in touch with ourselves? <laughs> Someone wants to get a hold of us. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh. That's a very personal question. However, uh, if somebody needed to get in touch with us, uh, uh, our email address now is on our uh, website. It is indeed. Is it not? It is. I it's, put them up uh, last night. Thank you. So fig at so there I was dot us, sticks at so there I was dot us, and repeat at so there I was dot us. And incidentally, just a note back into the middle of the show. Uh, Styx is our resident helicopter pilot. He said the Coast Guard was flying H3s back when you were doing them out, Whitney. Rescue. So, uh, <laughs> that's from, that's from the Coast Guard themselves. <laughs> so yeah. we also Thank have you. a new uh, location to go get some cool. So there I was merchandise. We've got clocks and hats and mugs and koozies and, uh, a rug and a beach towel and a cool bikini. And other stuff. A bikini. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get more up there, more stuff up there. So go to so there I was us slash merch and that'll get you to our, our store. We take a tiny profit to help keep, keep the show going. And thank you, uh, to our pilots at so there I was us <laughs> slash Patreon. Those are the folks helping us out, keeping this show coming, keeping the great stories coming to you every week. We appreciate all that support. We wouldn't be able to continue doing this much longer if we hadn't started getting some support. That's huge. Mm. We can't thank you enough. I don't know. I'm trying to think. If, if there's anyone else we should thank, Fig. Mm, let me think. Uh, that music sounds good. Oh, yeah. Those are the two guys that make the Air Force sound good, the Dose Gringos. Thank you, gents, for letting us use your music. Indeed. Thank you very much. Classic music. Great stuff. Thank you, Colonel Moose. And, uh, yes, thank you, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Fig. It's, for... it's enjoyable. It is enjoyable. I got, and thank you. I got a, I got a whole other bag over here. Of stuff. We're gonna have you back for more. <laughs> All right. We're gonna have you back for more. This is good stuff. This is an amazing, and fun to listen to. So, uh, to you, sir, don't let go of the collective. Don't sit on the ejection handle. 
both apply in your case? Yeah, that's right. Can't say that too uh, often. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Semper Fi, thank you for your service. Amen. crossing the pond and you could see that I wasn't exactly fond of all the shit I was wearing on that day now an F-16 is cramped enough but it's even worse with all that stuff supposed to save your life but we knew there was no way cause when you're going down the North Atlantic man it's over like the song says it's over (laughs) Oh!